Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arena Craft Podcast, a show focused exclusively on Magic the Gathering Arena. My name is Arjuna, I'm one of your hosts. I am joined today not by regular co-host Covert Go Blue. He's taking a much needed break. He's been an absolute animal these past couple of weeks, making incredible content. So instead I'm joined by another absolute content animal. It's Daniel Emanuel. He, uh, he recently went full-time as a content creator, and he's just absolutely killing it in many different arenas. Danny T. Law, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, always grateful to be here. Um, it's just, just super cool to hang out with you guys, and now just with you, it's fine. And yeah, CGB did a lot. So Daniel replaces Daniel today. Yes, is, uh... exactly. We, we got another Daniel in, so that's good <laughs> at least. You know, keeping it on track here. So basically what we're going to do today is Danny T. Law is going to be our constructed format expert for this week. Uh, People who listen to the podcast regularly will know that I have been focused on limited lately. We did a limited episode last time uh, with MTG Nerd Girl and that was really cool. So Danny's going to really catch us up. I mean, Danny, I feel like you're honestly probably one of the best people that I could have gotten for this particular week because you've been in the trenches, right? Yeah, I've been playing <laughs> Magic all day, talking Magic all day. I've been everywhere with Magic right now, researching decks and format. And well, where do we want to start? Standard or historic? This is like the big question, right? Yeah, yeah, standard <laughs> or historic, exactly. Um, yeah, let's go into standard. I think the majority of our listeners probably tend to focus on standard more. So let's start there. And I, I, before we go into like the specific meta game, I just want to say that it basically seems to me, as someone who hasn't been playing much standard since the set came out, like the predictions that people made are correct. Strixhaven really hasn't made that big of an impact on the standard format, especially like when I'm looking down these deck lists for tournaments and stuff like that. It's like very, very few Strixhaven cards. Am I right about that? Yeah, you, you're definitely right about that. So there was not a clear new archetype that uh, formed with uh, arriving of Strixhaven. It's more like that some decks improved or some decks got more viable again, which we saw maybe in the past. And a set that comes late in a cycle, right, in an entire two-year rotation, usually does this, right? There's This set would have to be as powerful as Eldrain, but it clearly was not. So you can pick some cards for decks, but yeah, the most of the old decks are still the strongest. Obviously, there are some some decks that kind of come into, which we're definitely going to talk about. But yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah, okay. So I guess what I would like to focus on is maybe the parts of Strixhaven that are impacting the format mm. and maybe some of the things that people need to be thinking about in the new standard matter as a result of the Strixhaven release because like no one needs to be told that Rogues is a good deck, right? No one needs to be yeah. told that any of these adventure decks are good. Like we've just covered that ground so much, you yeah. know? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on like what what are some key changes to the standard matter that the Strixhaven release has brought? So, yeah, I mean, we can definitely leave out Rogues and Team Adventure because those decks are basically untouched. Mm, Those two decks are really untouched. Then we have Sulta Ultimatum, who is still there, right? The Sky Noodle, uh, Yorion, and uh, (laughs) it's still out there. And that deck got some improvement. Then we have to talk about Onyx. 
there shortly, the professor, um, which gives you an additional win con with the ultimatum. And it looks on the first look, it looks a bit, yeah, but it's just another card, right? Mm. But you forced opponent to give you an extra turn before mm. you didn't have that ability. Nowadays, you can just go extra turn, Onyx, Warring Flex, and you always get extra turn. Wait, okay, so talk me through why that decision is forced, right? Because so the three cards that you pick with your ultimatum are the Onyx, uh, Vorinclex, and the extra turn. Yep. I see. Yep. Okay, so so they can't... Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. So mm-hmm. they have to give you Vorinclex in the extra turn, and yep. then you yep. and then you play Onyx from your... From your no, okay, so break, break it down for me. Okay, so you cast Ultimatum. Yeah. I do the pre-scenario and the now scenario. Before yeah. you had, like, Ultimatum, and against Agrodex you had, like, a Kiara, Best of Seagot, Warring Clex, and Extra Turn. Yeah. And at that point, it's so dangerous to have uh, Warring Clex and Kiara on the board, right? Um, it takes something away. But you can still say, I can just play a Haste the next turn, or just do something, and maybe kill the enchantment, do this, and right. I still have a chance. Right. Or against uh, all the decks, you had... Warnclex plus Walkie, where you can say, okay, maybe Walkie ultimates, but I could still kill something. You can still win something. through that, yeah. You can still do something. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, uh, if you have Onyx instead of Walkie at that point, um, if you have like one or two cards in your hand, you take 20 damage, roughly 20 damage, and you just die. So mm. the just die is a huge problem, right? Because yeah. Warnclex attacks you, and with, with the thing, you have with lethal damage. Yeah, so that's yeah. what that's like kind of like 14 damage minimum, I guess. No, I mean, nowadays you have Warnclex and Onyx, and the ultimate from Onyx says um, opponent has to discard a card or, and lose three, or lose three damage, repeat this seven more times. Yeah. So you have a total of 21 damage, plus the attack of Warnclex would be 27 damage. So it's... if a you know, that's so, the main problem. So th- this was one of the issues that I was running into with Vorinclex in the deck, though, mm. is that I, I would consistently get... So they consistently let me get Alrin's Epiphany and Vorinclex. Mm. And then, which, I mean, mm. that's that's fine if I had a follow-up. That's completely fine, yeah. But if I didn't have a follow-up, or if they just had removal for Vorinclex, then that could be kind of weak, right? So It could be kind of weak, but the extra turn is so dangerous because those meta games tend to go to the point where, okay, I need to cast ultimatum now, and then, you know, and if I get an extra turn, I can do so much more. And this is kind of how it feels right now. So I think you can force an extra turn. It's really valuable before you couldn't force the extra turn. Yeah. Just to have this ability is huge. And also having two Planeswalker in the mirror match is also really good because yes. you can go Walkie and Onyx. You well, only have binding. I suppose the other thing is that Let's say that, you know, if you have absolutely nothing going on for your next turn, then maybe you don't have to choose Alrin's Epiphany, right? You, oh, yeah, then you just you go just, full. You just pick, yeah. you know, Kiara, Onyx, mm. Valky, uh, or uh, Varenklax, and that's that's still a really hard choice for the opponent. So yeah. yeah, yeah, but that lethal threat instantly didn't exist before, and now it exists in standard, yeah. Yeah. which is definitely an upgrade there and people experimented with the cultivator the four mana three four that fetches you a land untapped which is important to know yeah, so you can still nice. have to shoot up yeah um it's As, a good card do, do you think that's gonna stay in the list or do you think that's ultimately not good enough it's really hard that's a meta dependent choice yeah. right if you see aggro you kind of want the body there 
yeah. if there's not enough aggro, it's fine without. I mean, I kind of love it with Yarian too, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, yeah, it's beautiful. It's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. And the, the untapped, like, that's a huge thing, right? Because CGB and I were talking about this versus binding the old gods. Now, obviously, in the Saltai deck, you just get to play mm. both if you want. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But maybe mm -hmm. you don't have the room for it. Um, but one of the things that I love about it is that binding as a ramp is very slow, right? So you get the land the following turn, and it comes in tapped. Whereas with the Cultivator, you get it this turn untapped, right? So yeah. it's almost like two extra mana in a way. Um, it, it is definitely, it both fits a different slot in the deck as well, right? Um, yeah. The binding, what I always like to say is when I see turn three taking Yorion hand, it's like telling me, oh, I have a binding, by the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you kind of get those feelings and. And Binding, per se, is just also a really great card to deal with everything, right? Like the Vortex post sideboard and, and, and those kind of things. Yeah. But yeah, and also Eureka Moment is also a card people considered playing in a deck, um, which is draw two and ramp one. Mm -hmm. Play an extra land, so it's like the, the big growth spiral. Right? Well, I, I want to talk about this, actually, because this was a card that I thought would be a most obvious card that people would consider playing, right? Mm -hmm. um, now... So it has the, the pros and the cons, right? So in the late game, for example, I think it's a lot stronger than Growth Spiral because you draw an extra card. Um, in the early game, though, of course, the Growth Spiral, that's where the Growth Spiral is really good, is getting you from two to four mana, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, what... I, I guess I'm... I still think that Growth Spiral is just a stronger card in a vacuum, but, like, what do we think about moving that effect from, you know, turn two to maybe turn three if you manage to get some other ramp going in the early game like do you think it's still good enough or does it fit into the curve properly it's a good question um i do agree growth spiral is by far the better card mm -hmm. most, mostly because i mean we cannot play it in standard right yeah um, absolutely one of the things um and two mana to go to four is huge really in faster strong. sets right mm -hmm. um the four mana card is really interesting um if there would be a meta where there are more control decks around and you would play Shock Typhoon main, mm. then I could see um, Eureka Moment being a really good card for this deck because having the option to Shock Typhoon or draw two and ramp or maybe destroy, like it's more of a control instant type mm. of thing going. Uh, I would say it would be really good. But we have a lot of aggressive decks right now that are also around the meta, right? Um, so I think it's not that strong, but I would love it to be stronger for sure. Mm -hmm. It yeah. does seem, it seems to me like if there were decks that were wanting to play both like Saw It Coming and like these other Suspend instants um, <laughs> that are playing green, it seems like it could be a fairly strong card in those kind of a deck, right? Yeah, it feels like a card that's really great if you have more choices. Because yeah. in, in this deck, you have maybe one or two counters main and then maybe like some instant removals. Um, but if you had yeah. something like a shark, for example, huge, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so the so the ultimatum deck that's playing really proactively is not that interested mm. in leaving up mana, right? So yeah, yeah so that's, that's, exactly. a good, that's a good point there, yeah. yeah. Um, cool, okay, so I, I dig that, man. It's always nice to see the ultimatum list evolving, you know, because that was one mm. of my pet decks. Uh, mm. of this current format and uh, okay so let's talk about some of the well, what are some of the other decks that have been impacted yeah. so there i would say uh 
two decks I would consider have a slot in the meta, and one deck that maybe could join the meta, and I will name those three, and we have Prismari Dragons, we have uh, Boros Winota, and we have Rakdos Sacrifice. Um, those three are the decks that got support from Strixhaven and could fit in the meta quite well, and there were a lot of successes with those decks so far, so... So I, I was looking at some SCG tour results. I was just kind of scanning. And the only one of those decks that, that you mentioned that I saw kind of anywhere close to the top eight was the, the Prismari Dragons deck. Um, I saw a copy of that. I think it was like in 10th place or something, one of the SCGs. Mm -hmm. So um, let, let's talk about that deck for a moment. Uh, this, this deck... To me, it kind of seems like an adaptation of uh, LSV's uh, Is It deck from the past format, but with some tweaks, obviously, to bring in yep. uh, Galazeth Prismari uh, and a couple of other things. Um, am I kind of on track with that? Exactly. Uh, it is basically a tempo control deck that had, has now a bit more mid-range action in it and has... The treasures are really nice, right? I mean, you have mm. Opus, the new, the new card, which you can ramp into a treasure or you can just play it as a high mana spell and just draw two cards, tap two things, do four damage, right? Do some stuff, get a 4-4. Mm -hmm. um, really impactful uh, card, but it lacks counters right now. It doesn't have as many counters as it used to have, um, which kind of is awkward if you play that play style where you want to attack with a dragon and you have count up, right? Which mm. is yeah. where you felt good. Right now, you have maybe like a turn four Prismari Elder Dragon with a Frostbite up, mm -hmm. right? Something like this because it generated treasure. And yeah, it's it's a it's an awkward list to say. Um, I think there's a lot of evolve evolvement in that list as well. Um, I think right now you can even play Tome's Main, and and there's so much to do with that deck. I think it is a solid deck, and obviously heavy counter tempo lists mm -hmm. are usually good against the the, the control lists like soul to ultimatum yeah that it does seem like a list that would prey on that deck specifically mm -hmm. um and i do i love that the maze mind tome being able to tap for mana like that's <laughs> that's a nice little adaptation yep. right there just want to mention that yeah um so so that deck got uh, Galazeth Prismari, it got the Magnum Magma Opus. Um, what what other Strixhaven cards is it running? Um, you can see a test of talent in the sideboard. Um, mm -hmm. the new counter mm -hmm. spell that removes all the cards in the library. You definitely want to have access to this card. Um, other than that, there are not too many cards. It's definitely those two cards that let's, you see the most. Let's talk about Test of Talents then. CGB and I were thinking that that would be probably pretty strong against rogues. Um, and maybe against like the ultimatum decks as well. What like what? Who is it? Who's it really good against? It's really good against ultimatum mm -hmm. um, because you can counter most of the threats except the binding. Mm -hmm. Against rogues, it's a really tricky card. It's mm -hmm. a really tricky card. It's not a bad card, but the rogue player. Th the problem with the card is it says instant and sorcery. Yeah. If it would say non-creature spell the card would be probably even better, right? Mm -hmm. But there are still lots of creatures when you have that card on your hand, you go like, well, I cannot do anything now. That, right? I mean, that is a problem, right? You you keep an opening hand with that in it, and then they mm -hmm. just go rogue, 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 you're dead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. 
<laughs> That's true. So I, I see the appeal to counter uh, into the story or to counter uh, John in the lock, right? That's yeah. definitely nice to That's do. the That's... dream scenario. That's the that's how we call Disneyland, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas land, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. A- a- any other decks in the meta that that test of talents is coming in against? Um, it's mostly that deck. I mean, it's it's a combo killer, right? That works great. Mm, yeah. It's it also goes okay against all the counters, right? Because. <laughs> It's still good there, right? It's yeah, I, I, I personally really like that scenario. You know, you just mm. you strip that deck of counters, like especially yep. in a control mirror. I imagine that mm. would be like CGB was making this point that Test of Talents gets better in a deck that runs a lot of other control magic because you can yeah. hopefully yeah. you just save it for that one really good target, and then yep. you you have other counter magic for your opponent's creatures and that other things that you need to exactly. Deal with. Yeah. That is a yeah. really good point. That is what I mentioned, right? If you play that card, you need all the cards to, yeah. to support around it and then choose wisely. Removal, that counter, this counter, like you go in that complete control scenario, you have to choose your correct cards. Yeah. 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 That's correct. So yeah, that's that's really cool, man. Yeah. Um uh side note, are these Prismari decks ever running the Prismari command, or does that card just not really have a home at the moment? If it would be two mana, it would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little too expensive. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. I mean, it's a good card, right? It's not yeah. a bad card. Maybe post rotation. Um, Bone Crusher does something similar for two mana. Just saying. yeah, yeah. I know no, that's <laughs> that's the thing, man. That that was one of the issues that we were running into is that like it it's like it's too expensive at three mana but it would be broken at two mana so that's the problem it's like if you could pay two and a half mana for it would be perfect but we can't Mm -hmm. do that in magic so that's kind of unfortunate yeah yeah maybe choose one and two mana would be fine yeah yeah there you go Mm -hmm. um okay so so and then you so you spoke about winota man like is is she back like is the borrows wrecking ball back or, or what's going on there I mean, I'm not a fan of Winota, but I have to admit, the deck is way more consistent um, mm. because there are two cards from Strixhaven that upgrade this deck a lot. And I saw like Beekeeper, Martin, Juza, all the player having a lot of success with Boris Winota. Mm. And obviously, you have to be good with Winota as well. But now it feels more that deck can win even without Winota because of those new cards. Mm. And the first one we have to mention here, which is a really, really good card, is Elite Spellbinder. Yeah, that card is fantastic. Amazing card, right? Mm-hmm. Three mana, human, three one flying. Mm-hmm. And then removing a card, is like a bot wipe or just anything, is really cool. huge. Yeah. And even a good hit for we not the right, you hit it, and then you just take away all the removal spells. Mm-hmm. So that card is definitely a, a really... Just on its own, right? Even if I'd be not a really good on-curve card, protect your stuff, and then you have the Historian Blade The Blade artist. Historian, yeah. Blade yep. Historian, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, right? Fantastic uh, hit. Fanta- even if you don't have Winota and just play it from hand, mm-hmm. have the human before, right? It's already six damage in the air. It's kind of... It reminds me of... Um, what was it? The Rowdy Crew? Was that the card that we were hitting off of Winota in... Uh... Mm, the double the damage scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in Historic, right? So it's kind of like that. I feel like it's that mm-hmm. power level of card. Um, 
which similar, is similar, right? Yeah. Is, is maybe not as good, but it's kind of like it's getting there. It's getting there. It's hard to say, right? It's a playable card from your hand, while the other card was not really playable that's for true. your hand. Yeah, but it was a better true. hit, right? Yeah. So it's it's between, I would say. Right, mm. right. But definitely, like, uh, I, I like that it gives you that kind of like this turn payoff, right? Yeah. As opposed yeah. to like, because in the past yeah. with Winota, we were just getting good cards, right? We were just getting Kenrith, or we were just getting. The, you know, what was the um, Basri's Lieutenant, right? Which is like, yep, it's yep. it's fine. I'm happy to get that for <laughs> free, but it's not necessarily ending the game, right? Yeah. Whereas, so I like that we have that kind of potentially end the game scenario. Kenneth is still the other best hit you can get. So you kind of need to play it, right? I mean, yeah. Double Strike of Trample usually is also really nice. Yep, to that's, have, um... that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> if you can have both, why yeah. not? As is usually the case, I feel like consistency is an issue with the deck. Like, is it feeling more consistent now or, or what? It is way more consistent because also there's a two mana drop. Um, this is a more controversial addition to the deck. The Professor, the white one where you can learn. Oh, turn two. symbology? Yeah. Symbology. That's mm -hmm. why this deck is definitely ridiculous in best of one. Because it guarantees you um, a turn three drop, which is a spirit, right? Yeah. You always learn for a turn three, so you always have to... Two free at least, which and, is so powerful. And right? that card not being human is kind of tilting, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> it's a core. So like, you know, mm. you know what else, man? It just occurred to me that card could be a mutate target as well. Yeah, like could be, yeah. maybe, maybe that's not. You or, know, maybe, maybe. I mean, not... I don't know where yeah. white mutates going. Yeah, white but... mutate, maybe not, but. Yeah. But I was always on the lookout for like good, cheap, non-human cards in those mutate decks for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was also looking for the shapeshift on the last set for Winota, you know. Yeah, just... yeah. But it didn't work because it's a human too. <laughs> it's so Rip. sad. I was like, oh, damn. Rip. <laughs> um, okay, that's really cool, man. I'm glad to see that card showing up because that's mm -hmm. CGB and I actually foretold that would be one of the better cards in the set. Good card, yeah. So, yeah, I, it's, it's so flexible and mm -hmm. just gives you so many options. So really glad to see that. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely good. And yeah, yeah. Um, but but it seems like the Winota doesn't seem to be showing up at like any of the top tables. Is that right? I'm not sure. I think it was high on ladder for like four or five days, and like pros played it and everyone played it. Yeah. Um, I didn't check this one. I don't think the next one is on tournaments because it doesn't feel right. Right. <laughs> it's just. It's, I, I feel like it's just too swingy, you know? It's just yeah, like, exactly. I, I feel like pros like to be able to rely on their decks a little bit more. I mean, Muxus is more powerful if you want to go for the, for the, <laughs> that's for the, true. For the power level. And more consistent too. You know, I mean, yeah. that's one of the nice Hancock. things about the deck like Goblins, right? Is that the B plan is fine. Yeah, and the, completely fine, yeah. You know? But that is what I mean. The B plan of the deck improved a lot because yes. you have to play with four and three. That's why I think the deck... It's definitely playable again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and and being able to just play like uh, you know the doggo and stuff like that to like protect yeah. your Winota, yeah, exactly. even just protect your three-one flyer, right? That can yeah. just doggo Elset. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. I I mean, the, here's the thing. I feel like for a long time that deck for for me has felt like it should be good enough to get there, right? Mm -hmm. This is why we keep seeing like Martin user. We keep seeing croquis, right? It's like every time they have a chance to revisit the deck, it's like, oh, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's good enough now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I still remember the day when he went 42 0 with uh, <laughs> we're not the best of one. And then he writes me a message, hey, bro, you should play this. Send me the list. And I go like 2 7. He was like, oh, no, no. Mm, you cannot play that deck. You're the unluckiest person on earth. I was like, yeah. That's it, man. Do you, how do you do with Coco? Are you a Coco player? I'm really good with Coco. <laughs> okay. Really good. That's a card. It's an instant. That's, uh, it's more, there you go. Okay. There you go. That's the difference. Uh, okay. So, and then uh, you mentioned one other deck, Rakdos. Let's talk a little bit about what Rakdos is doing. It's Rakdos Mardu, actually. And that deck mm, actually okay. went second place in the CFB showdown, top eight at some tournaments and also some other tournaments. So, that is actually a deck that is playable. And if Rogues is around, this deck just is just, it crushes Rogues. Mm. It uh, has many new cards. So, this is a deck that actually plays many new cards and it plays around um, the Blood Avatar card, the the flip cards. Extus uh, is that? Extus, Extus yeah. flip card. Yeah, yeah. That... It plays around that card. Yeah, which is ridiculous, and it has the Eye Twitch, the one-one flyer with Learn. It plays the two mana, uh, make a pest with Learn. It plays many Learn spells, right? The pests, the removal. Um, so is this version yeah. of the deck playing the Witch as well? This version is not playing the witch, okay. but I had a deep discussion about the witch in the stack and not. It's a it's a tricky. It depends on the meta there. Yeah. A lot, you know. This this was one of our biggest questions as well coming into the set was would that card be playable? Uh, because mm. that it seems like right on the edge, right? It's kind of like yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, of course, it doesn't line up well against Bone Crusher, but mm. um, maybe that just means that you play it on turn four or five, right? Uh, yeah, but that's mostly too late to do it there, right? And you want to like the be. plump is also really strong. Plump into something. Yeah, the storm card where you can sacrifice cards to copy it. Yeah, draw a card, lose a life, which is cool with the witch but it's cool by itself like if yeah. you have like four pests or something and they go like yeah extinction wait two mana draw four opponent is, uh, is tapped out and you have like a full hand again which is really powerful not, right? bad. not bad not bad yeah it, one thing i like about that card is like worst case scenario you can just cantrip it at instant speed right so yep. it's totally yeah I, I that card exceeded my expectations mm. for sure yeah mine too i I was a bit surprised. I was reading the cards like that's a good card, right? In the mm -hmm. right shell, it's absolutely mm -hmm. incredible. And, mm -hmm. and the turns you can do in the stack are really, really, really strong. So turn three, I had a... <laughs> so you play turn one, right? Creature, you play a turn two, maybe like a creature or a token or whatever. Mm. And you play claim in the deck. And there are some aggressive stacks around on the ladder, right? Yeah. So you claim the creature with two mana open, and then you just sacrifice all your creatures. Oh, you just plumb. There you go. Yeah. No, no, no. You can do that, but you can sacrifice all your creature with the blood avatar card. Oh, no way. That's right. Because on, on three mana, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It costs eight mana. And for each creature you sacrifice, yeah. it costs two less. Right? <laughs> so just and turn three, attack turn three, six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn three. And they have to sacrifice a card on top oh, of that. So if they curve, wow. you clean the board. Wow. Yeah. And you have like this thing on board and it's just absolutely, it just goes off. Right? That's and then when you cool. have like an eye twitch on turn one. You learn. You just get another card. So you just it's... get something else for your next. Yeah, I played this when I made the guide for the with the with uh, Florian Klein who created the deck, mm. and I was like, "What the hell just happened?" It's <laughs> one of the most <laughs> powerful turns I ever experienced. I was like, "What?" That's 
I feel like that's like if your priest of the forgotten gods was also like a four four flyer or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was, I was I was shocked. I was literally shocked what just happened. And yeah. Okay, that's powerful, that's pretty yeah. gas. I like that. Yeah. So, what are some of the other cards that form the core of the deck? Um, you play Croxa, mm -hmm. um, good card against rogues. Um, you play Village Rights, um, goes well with Croxa, goes well with Pests, goes well with Claims. You play a Crone War, one or two. Um, you play the Predator, which sacrifices as well, right? You like those sacrifice effects once you play Claim in the main. Mm -hmm. um, so any, it's it's more of a sacrifice deck. Any Woe Strider, or is yeah. that okay? Woe Strider, mm -hmm. like three off, I think, mm -hmm. and two to three Crocs. I mean, that always depends on the meta, but against Rogues, this deck is pretty strong. I mean, you could just yeah, right. It's just I believe ridiculous. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I imagine even Eye Twitch must just be an annoying card against Rogues, right? It is. Yeah, and then there's one card that makes this deck even better, and that is the three mana Bastion Enchantment. Oh yeah, right. So so that's kind of do here? one of your win cons, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You mm -hmm. ping and ping and ping and ping and ping, and opponent has to do math. Okay, if I block this, then I take their damage, and then this happens, and you can sacrifice everything and finish the game off, which just with the pings, right? Yeah. Which alone is really powerful. Which and I I even like something as simple as if you have a pest in play and you have the bastion, then that's a three point life swing, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. pretty strong. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really strong, yeah. And, I mean, there's not too much enchantment hate except the binding in the game one scenario. Yeah. So that card on the board, you have to do some good combat math there. Yeah, especially, mm -hmm. the, here's the problem too, is that when there are multiple of them out, that's yeah. when it really goes off, right? Yeah, that's when it gets dangerous. Yeah, I, I remember playing in Ikaria Limited, and uh, mm -hmm. who like if a player ever resolved two of those, it was basically just game over. <laughs> Yeah, you know? yeah, it's over, right? It's just like you need something to gain life. <laughs> yeah, you can't attack, you can't block, you can't, you can't yeah. use removal, you can't do anything. You're just dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those pinks, if you play against the Sultai Ultimatum, is a bit of a harder matchup because they have removal, but you can still, even after Ultimatum, you can still dirtle and sacrifice everything you have and manage them to put them on zero, right? Yeah, which is which is what this deck can do, and that is why I think. If you want to play a really cool deck that's funny and still strong, I think that's the deck to play right now. Yeah, that, that does seem really cool. So I'm thinking about this uh, Extus with the with the avatar on the back. This deck does run the Madu colors, did you say? Yep. Okay. The lands. So so you actually so is that the only white card that you're giving? Only yourself? white card. Yep. Okay. Card, yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And I do. And again, in a sack deck, I like that idea, right? Because you can just you could get back your eye twitch, or you can get back, you yeah, know, some yeah. creature you sacked earlier in the game. Mm. Yeah. For me, I I did play it sometimes, not that much. And Christoph Prince uh, told me yesterday he actually played that side a lot when he went for the meta game challenge with the deck and went mm. seven zero. Mm, um, okay. So it worked out well for him as well. And he he likes the Voldemort, how he's calling it. Yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like it's a fine play on turn five and any turn later, right? You just you you yeah. know you play it, you do something, you know, cast another spell, you're kind of good to go. If you, I feel like you know, if you get even one card back from the graveyard, yeah, it's value, right? Yeah, it's, it's always value. Yeah, and the card itself is just beautiful. The design, right? Oh, the and part. hold on. Here's another thought that I just had. Okay, so so you 
at some point early in the game, you have your turn three avatar, you hit your opponent for six, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they kill it. Later in the game, you can just get it back with Extus, right? So so you play your Extus, you return the other Extus to your hand from the graveyard, and then you can it's play It's non-legendary. The... It's non-legendary. So you can also not get Croxa back. Extus is a legendary in the front, I think. Oh, wait. So does the clause say that it has to be a non-legendary card yeah. that you get from your yeah. graveyard? Oh, yeah, that's you such a bummer. Forever, right? That's yeah, such yeah. a bummer, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Doesn't work with Crocs either, yeah. <laughs> they, they thought of this, man. They thought it through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's too bad. Oh, well. Anyway. I'm not too sure, but uh, I think so. Let me let me actually double check this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a good thing yeah. to know. Because that'd be really powerful otherwise. I I don't think it's true. Yeah, so Exos is a legendary on the front side, and it's non-legendary. Yeah, just wanted to make sure. Okay, bummer, bummer. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, but still, like, I mean, it really synergy-driven deck, right? Like, this mm. seems like mm. one of the more synergy decks in the format mm. at the moment. Yeah, I mean... With the learn, that is probably the one that uses the learn mechanic the most, which is a new mechanic from Strixhaven. Mm -hmm. But then you also have Magecraft decks, right? I mean, I think Magecraft decks were the decks everyone was like trying in the first week. Boros, Celestia, also Mono White Magecraft, and um, with the with the Lumimancer and Leonian, and then just go off right in one turn and win the game. Um, mm -hmm. But those decks didn't didn't stick too long. But it was a, a early early thing. Yeah. It's another thing that I like about this Rakdos deck is that it seems to be really an uh not dependent on Eldraine for the most part kind yep. of a deck. Yep. Um and so it could be really strong post rotation. Yeah, you lose Croxa though, because That's I think true. Theros hits also rotation, right? And yeah. and claim, I suppose you lose claim, claim. so that's a, that is a shame. But um There'll be a different type of sacrifice deck. The witch will be probably playable. Yeah, I mean, in a post Bone Crusher world, I imagine the yep. Witch gets a lot better. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that that's cool. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. I, man, I feel like Rakdos is another one of these decks where, like, like ever since Cat left the format, mm -hmm. it's been just like on the edge of playable, right? It's just like you're always kind of checking it out. It's never quite good enough. Yeah, it felt like a meta deck. It's like, oh, okay, everyone's playing Rogues. I'm just gonna play Rakdos, right? Yeah, like it feels like this. So everyone's playing Sultai Ultimatum. Let's bring in the Mono White and Mono Retters or something like this, right? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, okay. I did want to talk about before we get to historic. I wanted mm -hmm. to hit on the um, this new Sultai deck which people are playing in the format with the uh, what's that card called? It's the the Dredge card. Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Titan's Nest. Three. Yeah, that's a good point. Titan's Nest, yes. Titan's so um, take us into this deck a little bit. I Okay, okay. so right when Ikoria came out, that was the card that I was most excited about to, to mm -hmm. mess around with. And of course, it just didn't get there. It just was yeah. not good enough. But um, so what has, what has Strixhaven brought to the standard format, which has made people consider playing Titan's Nest now? It's really funny that Strixhaven is actually not... A set that impacted the deck that much, right? There's so is it just more of a meta choice, really? Than it's more of a meta choice. So okay. when I was the creator of the deck is uh, JS2, the mm -hmm. Korean professional magic player. And yeah, four hours ago of this recording, me and JS2 were doing a video together, right? Yeah. So I could ask him everything I want. And he told me um, he didn't want to play Sultai Ultimatum, but he wanted to play something that is strong against Sultai Ultimatum and still is good against... Um, the Timor matchup, 
Mm-hmm. That was his main goal. And he found that Titan's Nest is so strong because there's not too much removal for the enchantment. And people completely underestimate that power. And the only new card you see in the deck is actually Onyx because mm-hmm. it also has the effect where you can discard cards in the graveyard. And Magecraft is strong as well with Titan's Nest. You can just you just know kind of play everything off. you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Call Time, I think, had more impact on that deck because of Auron's Epiphany. Two mana, extra turn, two yeah, tokens. Sounds nice. good, right? <laughs> sounds usually good. One mana, yeah. uh, hard cast Shock Typhoon into two mana. Epiphany is usually it's good. It's a good yeah. scenario, right? That's very strong for sure. Sometimes it makes you wonder if I think this happens a lot where you'll have a powerful option. And then people will try it for a while and it doesn't work and then they just forget about it, right? And then we think like we could have been playing this deck for months and it just took somebody thinking of trying it again. Yeah, I think like he put it also so well together and it just it is also really fun to play because the way you can play with Titan's Nest and you have to think a lot as well, right? You have a lot of cantrips, like draw discard cards, draw discard. So you have to be really knowledgeable what to take and what not to take there. Um, but yeah, out of Strixhaven, there's not really some new cards. It's just it's just maybe Test of Talents in the sideboard was a consideration in Onyx, yeah. Yeah, okay. So so that's the main win condition of the deck then, is like some combination of Aaron's Epiphany, Shark Typhoon, yep. maybe the Onyx win con. Exactly, yeah. Okay, and then the rest of the deck is like a lot of cantrips and maybe some controlling elements, is that right? Yeah, you have uh, a lot of like first and uh, four mana, draw three, discard one, and you have uh, strategic planning, right? Mm-hmm. Where you also get cards in the graveyard. Lots of those type of uh, cards, but you have to go more on the removal side. So you play like three board wipes, five single target removals, but only three counters. And you can play a lot of one offs because of the cantripping, right? Mm, yeah. You can, you can search your cards together you want. So it's really nice in a deck like this to play one offs. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I feel like you're right. The choice about what you can trip and then also the the mana, right? I feel like this is one of the things that I remember running into playing Titan's Nest is you you your land sequencing and like the way that you play your oh, pathways yeah. is yeah. super important because that's where yeah. you get bottlenecked is your colored mana. Yeah, um there's a simple rule in the set you want one green, two black and the rest can be blue. Okay. There's rarely an occasion where you need three blacks. So that's except against Arcro, you can go for three blacks, but that's about it. Okay. Just remember this. Yeah. So that's that's for the for the plebs, that's the rule that we follow. <laughs> that's the main rule. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Well He I'm... told me that, like that's the rule. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It it kind of reminds me of um the teamer adventure days where like you you get your red and your green covered and in the late game it was just all blue for the same reason yep. because you know yep. you're wanting to cast like multiple you know you fay of wishes and then you want to get mm. two brazen borrowers down and all mm. this kind of stuff so yeah really really similar there yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Titan's Nest, so I definitely have to try this deck out. It's probably it the it's most fun. playable it's ever been. So yeah. Awesome. Okay, so I wanted to pivot a little bit into talking about Historic before we go out Mm -hmm. here, because, you know, I know this is also a format that you've been playing. Mm -hmm. And so basically, I had a lot of fun playing Historic uh, for the week one meta game. You know, I was taking a lot of turns and trying out various Phoenix decks and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. 
And my initial impression was actually that those decks were not as good as everyone expected they were going mm -hmm. to be. It, it's kind of interesting to me that as powerful as cards like Mizzix Mastery, Time mm -hmm. Warp, Brainstorm, mm -hmm. Faithless Looting were, they don't and immediately seem to be actually dominating the format so far. Would you say that that's correct? Um, this is a really hot topic, especially about Phoenix, because the Phoenix deck has to be built built so well for a specific meta okay. because you need like a deck that is okay graveyard to uh, game one game two i want to be less graveyard so i need it's so much about building but i have to say the phoenix deck definitely got way stronger with faithless looting and brainstorming so that is definitely a huge i mean that upgrade there is undeniably strong yeah and i still think phoenix is in the is a tier one point five to around there it's hundred percent a deck you go to a tournament and say i play phoenix it's definitely on that level. So so let's talk about it, though. I feel like Phoenix... This is my impression with Phoenix that um, it's just such a skill-intensive deck, right? Yep. Super-skill-intense. I think that that's one of the challenges. I remember, you know, I've, I was playing... Like, I was playing a Phoenix deck on stream, and mm -hmm. you popped in to say hello. And, yeah. you know, and the, the, there's just so many lines with that deck, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. when do I cast my looting? When do I cast mm -hmm. my brainstorm? You know, when yeah. do I need to try to find more phoenixes versus just play to the board? Oh, my God, there's just so much going on there. Yeah. So I, I think that that might be one of the reasons why, you know, like people like LSV can top eight with the deck in standard and people like mm -hmm. me, are, you know, 50% of best win rate on the ladder playing the deck kind of a thing. To be fair, you played Grixis Phoenix. <laughs> I did play Grixis Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, which is a bit different. So here's the thing about Grixis Phoenix is that with a good draw, you're you're unbeatable. And as soon as anything bad happens, like the mana stumbles or whatever, then it's yeah. just an awful deck. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have the Arcanist Fortsy situation where it just can win against anything, right? That's, yeah. that's definitely a plus Yeah, there. exactly. So yeah. I was definitely not playing probably the best version of the deck mm. but do you okay so do you currently think then that is it phoenix is the strongest configuration yeah i think it's a so i think the only other configuration to think about is actually teamer phoenix hmm. okay. which uh people have some success with harvest and is that to, to play that new green cantrip cantrip but you have easy access to um enchantment and removal like, just the green the green cyborg cards tend to be actually good um so you can hit rest in peace postboard yeah. stuff like that yeah it's a bit easier yeah and okay you play arcanist as well in that deck um in that teamer deck you play arcanist where i think in the is it phoenix version i would not play them more than two because i would always play the sprite dragon on turn mm. two okay um it's just way more powerful because the main goal on turn three is to play free spells. Yeah. So you do not want to, like, that's just the main goal, but you all, there's so many configurations. And as I said, it's a meta thing, right? Young Pyromancer, the entity, like, there are just many cards you can add and configure, like, Crackering Drake, Postboard is good, and, and so on. I, I liked how you were talking about that decision to play the Pyromancer because it's better in the postboard games when your opponent is targeting the graveyard and it still yeah, it, gives you like yeah. an alternate win con, basically. Yeah, exactly. You have uh, two cards in the main that are not graveyard-reliant, right? You just play your stuff and 
maybe turn three already have five power on board, which is totally or, or Phoenix, and then you have like eight power on board turn three. Yeah, I, I also like it because I feel like people actually tend to like they tend to board out their sweepers against Phoenix and stuff yep. like that. You know, yep. they they tend to like trim down or really focus mm. their removal suite. And yep. so I feel like yep. you can kind of steal games that way as well. Yeah, that is that is a really good point. And that's probably the, the main reasons why people lose to Phoenix. They go like, okay, I just bought in all my, my Graveyard Tate. And then they have like the Sprite Dragon, which is a 5-5. Five, five, and the Storming Entity on the other side, which is also 5-5. Five, five, like, and the Pyromancer, you know, okay, well, <laughs> I have a rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, good job. That's what I found playing these these Phoenix decks against any control deck was mm. that I felt like you could put your opponent in this really awkward position where they feel forced to boarding in the graveyard hate, but then yep. like you can almost board into just like a like an, a tempo aggro control deck, right? You can bring in some mystical disputes and yep. like and just yeah have your aggressive dragon creatures and stuff, and they're Correct kind of trick. damned if they do and damned if they don't, right? Like yeah, it's, it's, it's it a really, really it's really tricky to know, right? On the latter, I would say it's hard, right? You don't never know, like, strategies-wise yeah. on what level that person built that deck. Uh, in an open deck list in a tournament, you kind of get the feeling, right, what's yeah, going on there. True. And I think the Crackling Break is also a really cool card from the sideboard, because even if they have Rest in Peace, that is still a 24, because it counts the Exiled cards as well. Yeah. So you can just keep playing that's, cards. It doesn't that's matter, nice. Right? That's really... <laughs> that's a yeah, big brain. Like, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of little things you can do, right? And mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like Phoenix. I always like that deck, so mm -hmm. I think it's definitely good. Okay, so like tier tier one point five, maybe tier one in the hands of a really excellent. Yeah, player, it's 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 a really it's a super good deck you can play at a tournament. So it's somewhere there, right? Depends on the meta. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. That's it's coming in a little higher than where I thought it would be. Um, yeah, based on what I same saw. same actually. I yeah. I didn't thought it's that strong, but now if the Especially the Andrea Mengucci configuration, which I was looking at, was really good. Yeah, yeah Mengu tends to know <laughs> what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he really knows. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, so we talked about Phoenix. Um, what are what are some of the other decks that are really popping in the meta right now? So, here's here's a question that I had for you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people mm -hmm. were saying that Jund is dead um, mm, okay. as a result of this new meta game. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Okay, we go to that question after I will go a week back to say what the week back probably the best deck were mm. and still are really strong. So they are still all in that Phoenix area, right? Mm -hmm. You have uh, Celestia Company, you have Gruel Aggro, and you have Historic Rogues, right? So, so in, those that, decks, in that meta game, <laughs> yeah. So if you look at those three decks, yeah, which card could be really good? Yeah. You know, De claim and all claim, seem to be, uh, claim, mayhem, decent. devil, priest. Yeah. Yep, these cards are yeah, you, pretty you good. Yeah, you have escape cards pre-boarded against rogues. Your claims are good against this deck. You know, yeah. there's some something there, right? Yeah. Um, that's why I think it's never dead. That's why I think Chant Food, Chant Company, or even Chant Citadel, those decks still exist and mm -hmm. they they show results now again. You know? mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I suppose John is most dead against like these extra turns decks and like these maybe like so Mizzix mastery combo decks, mm. right? Like there's a, mm. like what I think maybe you were saying that um, or Kroki said that the thing that really beats Jund is combo. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That's true. 
So, so yeah, so if you're doing these like turn four cast an ultimatum kind of combo mm. decks, that's yep. makes the John deck look pretty small ball in comparison. Yeah, because Junt is like every Junt deck, even the company deck is a mid range deck. Yeah, that can grind. It's like it's like this double edged sword, right? Like sometimes you have to go super aggro, and sometimes you just grind with trails depending on the configuration. Against the control player, because all the control decks are NOS at controllists, right? And you cannot draw a second card, and a trade player is like, wait a second, I take this on my hands. I take this on my hand. Another player, yeah, nice. I have a Narsen yeah. in play, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so so that's good to know. So so that means that basically the upshot of this is that maybe the historic meta game has not changed as much as we thought that it would. I think the meta game is huge. Yeah, huge. Like there's so many play. It was already. A lot playable before, right? You have like mm-hmm. Boss of Oros, Junt, you have Engine Combos, you have um, some yeah. uh, Osorius Control, uh, Goblins, yeah. there's Elves, it's like, it's like endless, right? Like Gruel. all these control decks. Yeah. yeah. And now it's even more. Now you yeah. now it's even brighter, but obviously the three decks I mentioned before, plus Phoenix, plus maybe Junt, and then obviously between that, I mean, in that list, there's the, the combo deck. Um, tainted packed combo deck yeah so let's talk about this man let's this is kind of the the elephant in the room right now right yeah this is uh i think this is officially replaced uh tybalt's trickery (laughs) in the historic it's just just tybalt trickery and good right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly that's the thing so so uh give the people an overview of uh how this deck combos and wins okay so you play a 60 card deck, mostly with Lurus. Um, you play two Tainted Pact in the deck, which is a two mana instant spell where you can exile your library until you hit a card you didn't exile so far, right? And you can choose if you want to take that card on your hand mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. So you play basically one off all the time, right? Because it doesn't matter if you play two Tainted Pact because you played it from your hand, so it's not exiled. Um, so what, what happens is you... You exile your entire deck because you win con is Tassus Oracle. You basically just win with Tassus Oracle. So you play Tassus Oracle, and then on the stack you play um, Tainted Pact, and then even if they remove Tassus Oracle, you have Devotion Zero. It still so it still works. Yeah, it should still work. Oh, that's I did not know that actually. That's really nice. Yeah. So the interaction is really hard with this one, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I was talking about this with someone yesterday, and they say it works, so I just wow. go off with that. I just think it should work, technically. Yeah. And yeah, so that's a problem, right? How do you interact <laughs> with a combo deck like this? Yeah. Obviously, consistency, you can say, but... So so yeah, let's talk about that, right? So you're only playing two copies of your big combo thing in the deck, mm. right? So how do you work that out? Like, what's the whole rest of the deck? So there are, like... Three configuration as our Grixis Sultai, not four Grixis Sultai, Esper, and Justimir. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can only play one offs, right? You want to have the best cards. I want to have play, you want to play all the removal as one off. You want to play some board vibes. You want to play counters. You want to play a lot of card draw, obviously, right? Well, and lands too, right? All of your lands and have lands. to be. Yeah, one-offs. that is a really good fact. Yeah, your yeah. lands have to be one offs too, mm-hmm. which is which is doable right now, right? You can There's do so it. So many but... lands, yeah. Yeah, I right. the DFCs really make that possible, probably. Mm, yep. Yeah. So that's the that's how you build the deck, right? And if you go what direction of 
of Collie goes Sultai, you can get the card, you get the card back from your graveyard. So you have basically two of it, of anything in the deck. And there are so many different ways to build the deck, but it's just basically, I lost so many times on turn four with like an aggro deck, right? And you go like, mm. they have three life, and I just go like, toss this Oracle, tainted pack, and go like, Okay. All right, click. man. I was, I'm okay, always like, dude. you have to click this now, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna make this easy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. That, that honestly, that's what bothers me so much about historic, especially best of one. Like, think about all of these jokers playing tainted pact and best of one, <laughs> and they just have it every time. Every time, I always man. have it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and if not, they remove everything right before yeah. it comes. It's a really, really tricky deck to play against, which yeah. makes you need to have blue of some sort to counter tainted yeah. pact. Yeah, which is just I don't know, man. It's just so annoying when a meta game gets that way, right? It's like when yep. you when you need to play counter magic main just so that you don't lose to the stupid combo deck. And then, and then also the point I just mentioned before we started here, that it's an instant speed, right? Yeah. So if you tap out once, they will do it end of your turn and do one, and they have Oracle on hand, right? And I just yeah. play it. <laughs> it's the same stupid thing. Yeah, if man. it would be sorcery, okay. It's a bit better to deal with. Uh, it's so brutal. It's it's yeah. just so brutal, and especially when it's actually playable. Like, yeah, that's, it is. that's the really frustrating is, yeah. thing. So what, where do you put it? In the meta game, as far as tiers, the same tier list as all the decks I just mentioned before, yeah? and the and the really good list, yeah. So it can it can keep up with those decks. Yeah. yeah, like it was like in the beginning, I was like, this may be a meme, you know, and then like all the people tested it and told me it's not a meme, it's really good, and then I see results in a Star City game, and like in the top eight, we have five Demir control, uh, Demir oh combo lists. Oh my gosh, dude, like, that's oh, nuts, no. dude. That is nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it, bad. It's, it's it's so funny because uh, CGB and I placed a bet about when the first bans would happen in Historic. Mm -hmm. He so he chose under a month. I chose over a month. Mm -hmm. And I I thought it was a safe bet because I was like, I think it's going to take a while to shake out between Faithless Looting and Brainstorm mm -hmm. and Time Warp and all of this stuff. And I just think it's kind of ironic that I might lose the bet based on this stupid card that neither of yeah. us even paid yeah. attention to, you know? <laughs> yeah. If it's a if it's a card, I think it's that card because yeah. it makes the format not as fun, right? If you yeah. play against it and like there's like Simic Company is also a deck that's played right now. Mm -hmm. Um which I think is like you just play Simic Company you have the the counter spell that also is a uh, fight spell from Strixhaven. Yeah, that card is which is gas. my favorite card Such from a good the card. set. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just with that, right, to have actually a way to deal with it, and no, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, I I wish I could remember the name of the card, but just to make sure that the 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 folks know what it is, it's uh, blue elusive green. denial or something like this. Yeah, elusive denial maybe. De de divisive denial. Divisive, divisive denial. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But it's uh, yeah, one mode is you uh, counter a non-creature spell unless its controller pays three. Is that right? Yep. And yep. then the other is just one of your creatures fights one of their creatures. Yeah, what a great card. So it is a really, really cool card. I, I mean, I have to say that personally, I think just a lot of the best cards from Strixhaven are these like two mana interactive spells that they yep. printed in the set. They got, yeah. Really they strong got, yeah. ones. This one especially is really strong. Mm -hmm. I also wonder, I mean, I imagine that the Polo Vitor uh, card mm -hmm. could be good in Historic as well. Do you think that that's true? Yeah. 
yeah, you play this one in Celestia's company, right? Mm -hmm. Celestia's company's uh, play style is more like a death in Texas, which means yeah, the white cards are annoying for opponent, and uh, like you play Skycliff operation, right? ETB, you remove something, you play uh, this uh, Spellbinder comes in, you remove a card from hand, you play maybe Talia from sideboard, everything costs one more. Mm -hmm. You play Redane, that's also really annoying. Mm -hmm. Every white card is just annoying. And then on the green side, you have the big creatures that just go in. And... So it's it's kind of like the modern humans deck. It's kind of like it's kind, kind of, of dis yeah. disruptive yeah, yeah. aggro deck. Disruptive aggro. There's also a humans deck in historic, which yeah, it's not bad. Also, human as per human, you have more, even more like meddling mage and yeah, it's just even more of those type of humans, right? But again, I, I think the the Celestia company is the most complete deck against most of the decks, but the combo deck is still really tricky. So uh, when I hear Selesnia, I think of two builds, right? I think of like the Angels Company decks, mm -hmm, and then yep. and then I think about this kind of more humans based, like mm. disruptive one. Like, do you do you put one of those above the other right now? I think the disruptive one is better. Okay. Yeah, it is better. The the angel company deck, um, maybe the bound one with blue can have mm. some counters, which is good against the combo, right? Okay. Um, but and the turns are more powerful in the angel deck. If you have the complete uh, nuts, right? Turn three angel, turn four coco, attack, attack, forty life, attack, twenty damage. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Good yeah. job, right? You're a good player. <laughs> Decent. <laughs> Decent. But besides that, the other one is more geared against all the cards. And white is good with uh, Rest in Peace, which is probably one of the best sideboard cards in the game right now. Yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah, so the impression I get is that people are playing like more Rest in Peace and less Graft Digger's Cage now. Yeah. 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 Definitely, yeah. But I mean, it's always nice to have the option. How about the Ley Line, the Black Ley Line? Are people boarding that one in at all? It's an okay card, but I think it's a. There's not too many good black type of decks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Demir control, like the Narset type of controls, is okay. There are some mono black vampires. There are some mono black agrolists. Um, all basically the same card: hand disruption, cheap creatures that are strong, finishing creatures, and then recursive creatures, right? Mm -hmm. um, good decks. Um, mm -hmm. Bit lower on the power level, I think. Especially against creature decks that can just go crazy, right? Yeah. Company does something like this. Some like those are a bit the harder ones, but Leyline is an interesting card. It's not on the pair with uh, Ripper, uh, with uh, Rest in Peace. Rest in Peace, yeah, good, good to know. Yeah, the, that's the way I always thought about these mono black decks. Is they always just seem like not quite as good as the other options. Yeah, uh, yeah probably a good budget deck, but yeah, I think the Leyline only says opponent's cards go in Excel, right? Oh, that's pretty nice, yeah. But now now the thing about Rest in Pieces, so I just mentioned that you have two aggro decks, right? And then you have uh, Phoenix and Junt and um, Rogues. Rogues won a tournament, right? Just recently. Yeah. And rip apart, uh, not rip apart, rest in peace, exiles your graveyard. You will never have a card in yeah, your graveyard again. Yeah, it just turns off all those rogues. And the rogues are sort of yes. like this this pixie deck with like this one one. 
I'm gonna hit you, right? <laughs> I was just like, mm, yeah, no, no. one ones, one three flyers. It's just, yeah, yeah, wow, it's pretty dorky. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just suddenly nothing anymore, which is the, so funny. And that's why that card is also so good. Yeah, yeah, especially if you can just kind of get it down on turn two, right? Especially yeah. on the play, it's kind of yeah, like nothing like, they can do about it. They have like uh, twelve creatures, and they all do one damage. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Let's talk about that Historics Rogues deck um, because, you know, I mean, that, that's pretty strong. There's a couple of things that stood out to me about it. First of all, they all seem to be favoring um, Kozilek's uh, Inquisition of Kozilek over Thoughtseize, from what I can mm -hmm. see. Um, and I, I, the, the rationale I've heard for that is because they want to be able to get cheap cards out of your hand and then counter your more expensive cards later yeah. in the game. Exactly. Now, I know that some people have run Una's Blackguard in Historic in the past. I feel like that's not really a preferred card in these models. I don't even know that card, I think. Yeah, so it's it's like a one and a black. It's a one-one flyer, and it, it... Oh, and it, the discarder. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, yeah, that's the old rogues, yeah. Yeah, let me look it up, actually, because I, I mm -hmm. don't... I'm pretty sure no one plays that one. And, and, yeah, and, uh, it, it it seems it's like a choice, right? It's like mm -hmm. one of the rogues that you get in Historic, and so I think a lot mm -hmm. of people tried it out, but it seems yeah. like it just doesn't doesn't work out. No, so here's what it is. It's a 1-1 one, one flyer. It's a fairy rogue, and it uh, costs one on a black, and it, sa it uh, says each rogue creature you control comes into play with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. And whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card. So that is that is kind of the idea, right? Is that you're mm. kind of like, it helps your Inquisition of Kozilek plan. It also helps fill your opponent's graveyard. Um, mm. It seems like it could be strong in the deck, but from what you're saying, it's just not powerful enough to get there. The, the, it's a tempo deck, right? Yeah. The mill, the mill aspect is completely gone, basically in in, in historic. All you want to yeah. do is have the card in the graveyard just to enable um, your creatures, right? And then counter everything and just do it over and over again. So the discard effect is good, but turn two tapping out mm -hmm. is usually not where you want to be in a rogues in a tempo deck, right? You want to mm -hmm. either counter their annoying spell if you have to, or just play your creatures and then next next turn. Yeah, it's also just one of those cards that can be too low impact at too many different points in the game. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the kind of card that, like, you know, imagine you're playing against, like, one of these, you know, blue, maybe Gearhawk decks or something, your opponent mm -hmm. just bods into, like, a bunch of sharks and stuff. It's just, like, yeah. really not where you want to be. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. It's a cool card, though. But... It, is, it is a cool card, right? Yeah, it, I like it. it. it, it when seems... it happens to you... I mean, when it works, it's the worst yeah. feeling in the world. Yeah, you know? so, what should I discard? <laughs> I've definitely gotten wrecked by it before. That's yeah, for me sure. too, me too. Yeah, yeah um, so, okay, that, so that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like Rogues is just, like, keeps getting better, right? Like, it's just, I mean, like... I've, I've, you know, it's so funny, like, we see this progression, right, where, like, a card is busted in Standard, and yeah. then it's busted in Historic, and then it's busted in Pioneer, and then yeah. people start trying to play it in Modern, right? And so yeah, I'm, I'm exactly, just yeah. wondering when Rogue is <laughs> going to show up in Modern. <laughs> goes down. That's what I always say. That's what I always say. <laughs> it always goes down one letter. And, and now we're here, and we never know, right? I mean, yeah. like all the cheap. But then again, how do you parallel Historic, right? It's definitely yeah. more powerful than Pioneer. I mean, 
you get brainstorm like the cards you get there right now is is modern ish, right? It's not quite there, but it gets closer to that yeah. than to Pioneer. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it's so it's weird, hard. right? Because it's like that's true. I feel like historic is like half standard, half modern. And then yeah. we just like Yeah, you cannot really we just kind of met it. in the middle, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas Pioneer is just like standard plus, right? It's like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I agree. It's such a it's such a lopsided power level in the format, mm. especially you know that yeah they just decide to randomly print in these cards like the um, God I can't remember the name of it the the uh, black the archive. Uh, I'm thinking that the black sack land that makes two black mana. The um, oh yeah, that one. <laughs> that was yeah, also Phyrexian Tower or Phyrexian whatever. Tower, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like they just randomly throw this what, like legacy power level of card yeah. into the format and say, "Here you go, have fun." Right? Or they just yeah, yeah it's, randomly. It's, it's, it's really from a deck builder perspective. Perspective, right? It's just amazing, right? You get like combinations of cards and go back to the rogues. I mean, in historic, you have push one mana. You have hand disruption, one mana. You have uh, one mana, draw three, put two on top, right? You have so many one mana spells. So you can creature and one mana, which is so powerful, right? Yeah. That's why it's like a model level-ish. And mm-hmm. one thing that's really funny in the mirror match, because I played a deck myself as well, is if you have Brainstorm in your deck and you play against rogues, that's the best feeling ever. Because they're going to play a rogue and mill you too. Like, ah, I don't have a, I don't have a passage. Brainstorm. <laughs> I don't need those two cards. <laughs> right. You basically draw three for one, right? Against rogues. Yeah. I love that feeling. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been like with the trigger on the stack, right? Mill trigger yeah, on yeah, the stack. Like, you just slam it down. There you yeah, go. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like drawing great. three cards for one mana only because yeah. they play rogues is really good. Well, and I, yeah, I just wonder, like, again, in modern, right? Because you get to play Force of Negation and you get to play all these really powerful cards mm. in modern. So, yeah, I, I really wonder, man. I wonder if it could show up. Um, who knows? Possible, yeah. Who knows? And who knows when Force of Negation shows up in Historic as well, man? That's that's when we'll know. Sure. That's when we'll really know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two mana Planeswalker coming through soon, too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, okay, is there anything else about Historic that you feel like we should cover here? I think we covered like the most important decks. Uh, there's maybe one deck like the Gearhawk, Flash decks, Chess Guy, Opus, Magnus, like, like the Gearhawk decks that play the new Strix saving card and the Opus. Um, that is something, right? Also Blime Epiphany. And it's mostly a Chess Guy control deck with Narset, Gearhawk, and a lot of uh, really strong cards. And one of my favorite cards, actually, um, from the new archive, which is probably uh, something many enjoy me saying. This is Memory Lapse. Um, oh, such I'm a good also, card, man. I'm a blue mage as well, right? Yeah. And I like to say nope as well. So yeah. that that feeling of just stopping an entire turn and I just have to do it again is so wonderful. I think one of the best feelings ever, right, is uh, your opponent goes for their growth spiral and you memory lapse it. Oh, wow. And Beautiful. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's I f- it feels like two time walks, you know? Like, yeah, it's, seriously, yeah. it puts them so far behind, especially if their yeah. mana's screwed. You yeah. know, you have these guys. I was playing against an opponent where I think it was on turn three, they, they cast Explore. And I mm-hmm. memory lapse it, and they have no other land drop, <laughs> and it was just it was just GG. Yeah, you know, yeah. they can never win from that position. Yeah, and and based off that, I want to talk about the last thing I see a shift right now again is Teferi plus memory lapse. Oh, that is okay. basically you know like yeah. that combination is just brutal. Yeah. 
is brutal, right? I think mm. Dallas Osaurus control can definitely come back just because of that combination alone, which is mm-hmm. which is so strong, right? Mm-hmm. You can play Rip Apart, you can play those, you can it's just so many things. Not Rip Apart, rest in peace. You can play so many good cards. So that's yeah. the last deck I want to mention. I think I think that like these Teferi decks in the past were even sometimes going to like Pact of Negation to you know, mm-hmm. try to really like protect that Teferi and like give them kind of an extra counter spell backup, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you just don't need to be doing that kind of stuff anymore yeah. with, yeah, with memory lapse in the format. Yeah, yeah. memory lapse is, is so powerful. And, and imagine playing against a green type of deck and you have four gusts and four uh, memory lapse and opponent is like, I don't want to play anymore. It's, yeah, just it's like, get me out of here. Savage, dude. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so savage. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. literally time walking without time walks. But the interesting part is that the five mana extra turn card didn't find a good shell yet. There are yeah. some engines, there are some decks where you try it, but it's not as impactful as maybe many predicted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like you're saying is like if you can if you can get a time warp for two mana at instant speed, then that's <laughs> probably a bit better that's better right yeah. yeah that was my conclusion after playing time warp in historic was that i just like i couldn't i couldn't solve the puzzle i couldn't mm. figure out how to make it fast enough consistent enough mm. powerful enough like you really do need to be winning the game when you're taking that extra turn and yeah you have to go off there right yeah and it's just like i felt like even with nissa you couldn't always get there um mm. So and and especially like yeah, time warp just doesn't line up very well against Thoughtseize. Um, you know, a lot of these disruptive decks can kind mm. of just rob you of gas in the mm. early turns. And yeah, I want to mention Mistman's deck here. He played it with uh, with the engine and with Breach, so he just played it forever, right? Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Is, which is kind of <laughs> funny with with uh, Tamian. It's and it's it looked powerful, but I don't think it's near the other power levels, right? Because yeah. rest in peace is just. Still a card. Yeah, I I I put time walk decks at tier two at best. I think in at best, historic. yeah, tier two point five. Yeah, yeah, people are gonna. I don't know. They're gonna need to really come up with something else. I think to make those decks mm. really competitive. Yeah, uh, it's not that it couldn't happen. I think like like you said, the card pool is so wide. There's so many powerful uh, mm. cards in the format that someone could break it. Someone could yeah. big brain it it's just that moment that if you don't you need to win that turn you do it because the aggro plans are already so far that you will be on free life at that point right you don't yeah. have uro anymore you don't it's just that doesn't work and the aggro decks they they also have disruption right like hand uh like the arcanist deck which is still a really good deck hand then you have the paulo which just makes you time walk seven mana then you have gruel where just yeah good luck trying surviving there right yeah and that's yeah. the problem yeah it ended up feeling like a really busted standard deck to me that's what it felt like you know yeah yeah it's, it's like, like revisiting those old nexus days yeah that's that's what it felt <laughs> like it was kind of that power level like it's really good it's really powerful it's just not not historic <laughs> power level we need reclamation back unban reclamation <laughs> okay. please okay <laughs> okay and that's a wrap for the podcast today thank-, <laughs> thank you danny we won't be inviting you back no i'm just kidding um yeah you know it might be time to start reevaluating some unbans in historic right maybe we get winota back um i don't know about you have to leave now <laughs> 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 um but uh, maybe right i mean i i think 
I think that there are definitely cards which, uh, I mean, like, how good is Winota now that we have Moxus, right? Um, I don't know. I just think that. Yeah, I mean, also a good point. Goblins is a deck that <laughs> is actually good against those company type decks mm, because okay. they because company does not like cage at all. Yeah. Does not like your Krenko because you just you play better on the board. Yeah. Right? Like company decks are bad against decks that play better on the board, like elves or goblins. And then on top of that, you just have that I win the game card, yeah. which they cannot play around. So with with those decks like being up, you definitely can play goblins, mm-hmm. which is a good point. Yeah, yeah, goblins is it's always a fine deck, you know. I think like yeah. if you crafted it before, you can still play it. If you're thinking about getting into historic, I don't know. I think goblins is still a safe deck to craft into. Um, yeah, maybe not mm-hmm. as fresh and exciting as some of these other decks, but it's expensive though, right? It is, it is. Yeah. yeah, and 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 it's not transferable. You know, you're not going to be able yeah, to play exactly, those. Yeah, exactly. It's just and... goblins. If you really like, if you love goblins, sure. Yeah. If you don't, mm. yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe put put your attention elsewhere. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well. Danny, I really appreciate you coming on the show, giving mm-hmm. us your top-level perspective on these formats. I, I want to give you this moment to talk about your content because you're mm-hmm. really expanding this month. So, you know, mm-hmm. tell people about, like, your full-time push and and the different things that you're doing around that. Yeah, I just started doing full-time, which is tricky, right? So I stream one to two times a day um, on Danny Chilo on Twitch, and started pushing like one to two videos a day on YouTube as well. I usually do best of three, but I will branch out um, best of one as well now, mainly because I got partnered with MTG Arena Zone. Maybe some of you know it. So you're going to see my video on the website there. You see the guides uh, plus sideboard and everything with my video there as well. Um, I also do interviews with Luis Salvato. I just put that one online as well because I'm networked in the magic uh, so and I also do casting. Uh, you saw me casting maybe alongside CGB once um, in the F2K tournament. And yeah, I'm just doing a lot of things on YouTube here and trying my best to just spread my wings, right? And it's tricky, but uh, yeah, I think that's the best I can say what I do right now. Definitely go check out Danny on Twitch and on YouTube. Um, I know you've really been putting a lot of effort into those YouTube videos, trying to get that off the ground. So Go give Danny a follow. I'm sure like anyone watching this on CGB's channel knows how big of a fan CGB is of Danny. It goes vice versa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. You know, but but really, I think I mean there's a reason that we get Danny on the show to talk about meta games. I think if you want to be up on what's going on in any meta game that Danny's playing currently, like he's always one of the best resources because not only are you creating content and thinking of decks and stuff, but I feel like you really follow other people's content a lot as well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a combination of your best ideas and other people's best ideas. So just, yeah, really recommend you as a resource and also just a really cool guy who's, you know, I feel like you always interact with your chat, you answer questions. I feel <laughs> like get into Danny's community now before he's really big and has to ignore you. That's kind of how I feel, you know? It's like- <laughs> Yeah, it's I'm like, still at that threshold, right? Like three, 400 viewers where you can still rechat, but after that- mm-mm. That's it. It's like Danny's Danny's like that band that's still playing some of the smaller venues. You need to go and get it now because this time next year, there'll be too much in chat. He won't have time. He'll, you know, he'll be doing like big streamer things. So I, I still, I it's, I, 
I obviously say now this will not happen like that. I will neglect it because I really try to write everyone back, right? Who writes me and yeah. shows me decks and whatever. But at one point you never know, right? This I can, yeah. if you see GB with a hundred thousand YouTube followers, I'm wow. That's a lot of text you get, right? Yeah. I get text, but that must be hard. And yeah, I think the community building is the coolest part and your words are really, really nice. Achuna. Yeah, man. Well, really it's like, it. we, we all see where you're headed, right? So it's just like, so yeah so get get in on the ground floor get in while you know daniel he'll remember your name he'll appreciate you he'll answer your mm. questions in the chat you know just take advantage of that resource while you've mm. got it mm. all right so uh that's gonna wrap for this episode thanks so much for listening to and or watching the arena craft podcast you can find us on covert go blues channel if you want to see the, if you're listening and you'd like to see you know the video version you can always check it out there look at danny's nice haircut and smiling face you can also listen to us on spotify we're on uh, apple Podcasts, google podcasts itunes you know most of the places that you find podcasts and we also have a discord channel we've had a lot of people coming in lately and leaving questions we skipped questions this week but we do regularly read off question of the week so it's a really good place to you know, get your voice heard on the podcast. All right, Danny, hope you have a good one, my man. And to the rest of you listening, stay safe, crafties. Have a good week out there. Have a good week.